Matthew 21, verses 1 to 17. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. The Triumphal Entry. Now, when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you'll find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Lose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foil of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant and said to him, Do you hear what they are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes, have you never read? Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. Then he left them and went out of the city to Bethany, and he lodged there. That ends the reading of the word. Thanks be to God. Press on. Victory. Uh, happy Palm Sunday. Many happy returns. Okay. Happy Shapao. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> I hope you are blessed. The times that from this Sunday to Sunday is one of the highest moments in Christian history, geography, culture, and the source of our testimony. And so you will be here with your friends to rejoice in what the Lord has done for you. That is not Anansi Sem. The Anansi you find if it is the spider, he hides in the corner and he just makes some webs. But what we're talking about is not a Nancy story. It's Jesus Christ, the one who rules history. But going through the sermon today, I was convicted of a number of things myself. And I'm always happy to share because uh, 
when the Lord teaches you something, it should, you should come to church to learn something. So, Commander, I salute you, sir, uh, for giving that military testimonial. The drama on Palm Sunday. Father, we thank you for your love for us, for enabling us to be in your house and to be in your presence. I ask that all we share will be from your word through me to us all, that we will crown you not only as the Lord of lives, but the Lord of our very lives and our church and our nation and the world, to the glory of Jesus, who alone reigns now and forevermore. Amen. I believe in every culture people love drama. And sometimes when you see something, it's easier to relate to it. Uh, like the professional teachers who say, show and tell. Don't tell me, tell me, just show me. And when I see it, ah, and when I even do it, I even get it better. The story of the Palm Sunday is one of those dramas. And I was going to bring a picture from Jerusalem, Israel, and I decided just to help us to get it. All this while, Jesus had operated in a village around Kofrodia, making waves over there. He became the Kofrodia tiger. Even his brothers and sisters were getting worried about him. Once in a while, he would dash to uh, as far as Amasaman or Pukwasi and go back. And they say, if you say you are something, please go and show it in Jerusalem. Go. That's what the people are. You meet your meter or you find your level. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so he had operated around Kufurda and surrounding areas for three years. But on the last week, as we now know it of his life, he decides to come to head office, headquarters, and uh, marching towards the castle, or for now, uh, Jubilee House. I would have chosen the castle because of the Blaster Square, Independence Square that is big, but just don't worry. And we say as a church, what is our vision? To do what? To impact the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I can assure you that if anybody has made an impact on the world, it is Jesus Christ, more than anyone else. If today is 2019, whether it is an accident of history or Microsoft that makes this the calendar of the world, it is 2019 after Jesus. He wants us to learn something. The main lesson of Palm Sunday is that we should make intentional decisions in order to fulfill God's plan for our lives. On that day, Jesus made an intentional decision in order to fulfill God's plan for his life. So this village boy operating around Galilee, roughly in distance, almost about the village or the city of uh, Kufrudia, now is coming to Accra. And all of a sudden, the people in Accra are taken by storm. It is the Passover, and the Passover could be equivalent to our Independence Day. If Independence Day comes, Ghana at 50, Ghana at 60, 62, we all flock to where we can celebrate it. This year we went to Tamale, and the Tamale people were excited because it had never happened there. So let's say Jesus decided to go to Tamale, but for now let's stay with Accra. Some of us have not even crossed 
beyond Amasema uh, Pukwasi for me to start talking to you about Tamale. Now, here they are. A city that would normally hold about 200 to 300,000 people on the occasion of the Passover will get as many as 2 to 3 million Jews coming from all over the world. The Ghanaians, the year of the diaspora, I don't know how many came, but let's just make it different, that this is a year of Ghana's independence. Hundred, Ghana at 100. So Ghanaians come from everywhere to come and thank God for independence. And all of a sudden, have you ever been in front of a motorcade? Have you ever been on a street taxpayer and they've pushed you into the bush? Has it ever happened to you? Has it ever happened to you? Sometimes I get angry and I don't want to push, but I have lived long enough to know that one man who didn't push ended up in the police station. So I just move so that they'll come and pop. Ah, pop, pop, hey, they are coming home. The annoying part is that some of them have nothing. Bob, no rank. They are not the present. But you see, it is a way of showing their pomposity. Yeah, showing that they are important. They have got some, some uh, big posts, so you make waves. That is the equivalent of what Jesus did that day. He allowed things to happen for everybody. He said, hey, who is coming? Who is this? But the way he did it is what we are about to learn. And what really he was saying. Jesus, before the celebration, spent the day before that big event, not in a hotel, not in his own village house. No, if you don't get it, look, those of you who come from the mountains or who have hometowns, there are houses that are only occupied when the owner goes home, when there's a funeral, when there's a festival. In fact, I know people who, because of a funeral, will build a whole house so that when people come to see me, they will know that yeah, I may be a villager who lives in the city, but when you come home, you see my level. So they may keep the body in the mortuary till they build a house. Oh yeah, you haven't seen any? There are some houses on the mountains, I will not mention, they know it, those from the, the I've, I've slept in some of them. I slept in one man's house, I said, please, what do you use this house for? Say, for funerals. I said, eh, marbles and tiles and granite. Big size golf park. I say, hey, who stays here? Yeah, I only come for weekends. There was this short man who opened his house for me. I look at the man and say, hey, chief, this house, if they put you on top 10, 10 crowd, you will not even reach the ceiling of the house. <laughs> short man. If I were to mention, you know who. And that's what they do. So you come to your village, you stay in your, oh, I mean, La Palm, La Beach. Jesus comes. Where does he stay? He stays in the house of Lazarus, the sister Mary and Martha in the village of Bethany. That's where he stayed. Jesus has said in Matthew 8.20, foxes have holes, but the birds, uh, the birds of the sky have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. If you ever go to Capernaum, they show you the place where they say his home was. You will not understand why he asked people to follow him. We are too embarrassed to ask people to take to go to, to our homes. But he had no home. The two by four that somebody lent to him, he said, follow me. You follow me. But what was the point? Matthew tells us that Jesus depended on friends 
for lodging to celebrate the feast. He depended on others. He came to save us. He's the king of kings. He's the lord of lords. He had the ability to have everything. Command and the guest house will appear. Go and stay with the king in the palace. But he depended on his friend. The lowly common friends that nobody thought was anybody. That's who he was. And he stayed with them. Matthew shows us clearly that when he came and all the gospel writers said, this is where he stayed. He was now going to demonstrate that he is our Lord. But it's our Lord who depends on us. Who depends on the hospitality of his people. Who is humble enough to come to anyone's home who invites him. It doesn't matter whether it's beautiful or not beautiful. Once you say you are my friend and you welcome me, I'm ready to come to you. That's our Jesus. The one who depended on friends for lodging to celebrate the feast. You see, it is contrary to what we may say. I lived in Kumasi for a while, so let me quote it. Openi karekare say, ebise nipe fie neniseka. Openi karekare says, you ask for a person's house and not his money. So you build a big house. So if they, Jesus is making noise and they say, where do you come from? Which hotel did you sleep in? He cannot say, can piski or moving pick or hell angels or blue god. He slept in the house of Lazarus and Mary and Martha, villages. He depended on them. Who depends on you? And who do you depend on? Amazingly, he doesn't even do that. He doesn't only stop there. What does he show us? Jesus demonstrated his humility. If I may be wrong in saying it, even his poverty. That he, because he didn't have, he had to depend on others. There are some friends of mine who, when we were struggling to enter ministry, would not enter. Why? And even up to today, I hear them saying, it, Ah, me, if I enter ministry, I'll be poor. People will not respect me. I have to have my car. I have to have my house. I have to have everything. Then, when people talk, I say, do you know who I am? Some are even proud enough to, I don't depend on the church for anything. I even feed them. So who are you? But Jesus, depending on his friends for lodging to celebrate. Now, it goes on. When he came, he even had no donkey. He had no camel. He had no horse. Anywhere. He didn't even have the money to rent, the, to rent it. After all, if you don't, you can rent it. He didn't even have the money to rent it. So he asked somebody, go and talk to somebody and let them release. And they released, they released, they released. Oh, don't look at me like that. It's in the Bible. <laughs> it's the Lord depending on you for anything. And when he asks you, what is your attitude? If you said, open my house for sheepfold, open my house for Sunday school, for a picnic, oh, let me come to you so that you share something with me. Give me that cow, that house, the Lord has need of it. What would I say? Oh, Lord, uh, it's not nice. Okay, it's not nice. You mean I didn't know before asking you? Is it pride or is humility? Which one do you think it is? When you give those answers, is it pride or humility? It just... Think through differently. On Palm Sunday, the Lord came down to our level. Up to the very end, he went about his purpose 
He did not let the world stop him. He didn't even let himself, himself stop him. What he had to do, he had to do it. The second one is even more humiliating. Jesus deliberately and intentionally fulfilled prophecy. Can you read that with me? Jesus deliberately and intentionally fulfilled prophecy. We know the prophecy. We always talk about the fact that the Palm Sunday riding on a donkey was not an accident. It was prophesied way before he was born. But did Jesus own a donkey? Did he have a camel? What did he have? If foxes have holes and he doesn't even have a place, if the cow or donkey is his, where will he keep it? I'm not sure. You know where to keep it. Would he have time to go and feed them? Christ was willing to go and borrow. Now, there was a prophecy. Can you wake up with me? There are some of us, modern Christians, who are more spiritual than Jesus, or whose understanding of prophecy is magic. Jesus must have a donkey to sit on. It is he must own it. He was willing to beg for it. There are some, God said, you'll be this, you'll be head, or not a tail, you possess the ends of the world, so you are waiting. God, when are you bringing it? There are some who don't have anything today, but they say, me, I don't sit in trotro. I'm a child of the king. I wear a three-piece suit. When I'm coming with my gold, you must see that I'm the prince of peace. I'm, I've just come, I've just landed. No. Who told you that? No. He must fulfill his ministry. And whatever he took, he said, please, the Lord has need of this. I must sit on a donkey. He didn't say, I must have it, I must own it, I must feed it. Amazingly, the Lord touched somebody's heart to say, oh, if he doesn't have it, I'll give it. So those people increase in their numbers. And can you imagine the testimony that they, I've heard some months people have preached about the donkey, the donkey now from a lowly place, now say, I'm the king's donkey. Yeah, the king's donkey. But can you imagine that Jesus was riding your donkey? Say, oh Lord, I thank you that I have been of use and benefit to this. Christ sent two disciples into the city to secure a donkey and let a young colt borrowed two animals from another man, probably another disciple. You have a car in your garage. You don't use it. You even have a bicycle that you use. Motorbike. I remember we were asking one of our professors one time, what suit should the pastor wear? What car should he drive? He said the question is not what car should he drive or what suit should he wear. The question is what does he do with the things that he has? The thing that he's privileged to have, does he see them as belonging to himself or is he ever prepared to say, Lord, I'm only a steward. Have it. That man, no one had ever sat on that donkey. Maybe he was keeping a prime donkey to be sold for good money. But he was willing for it to be what, slaughtered, contaminated or whatever. But that day became a glorified donkey. How about that? 
Now, the story gets even more challenging. The cult was borrowed. And that's how Jesus fulfilled the prophecy. Has he ever connected to you that when God says he will bless you, it includes blessing the works of your hand, including your mind, including your labor, including your faithfulness, your productivity, that is your voice that he will use, people around you that he will use to bless you. Or you don't think that people around can be any blessing to you. So you trample on them, you scorn them, because I am the Messiah. Somebody who cut grass to feed his donkey was needed by Jesus. And he was willing to give it to Jesus. May he help us. Hallelujah. To be, to make an impact, be a help to the Lord and those around you and allow the Lord to use you. We cannot minister effectively without depending on others. And no church, no ministry, no nation will progress if its people are not willing to pull their resources together for the Lord or for the ministry or the family to use. We can shout whichever we want to shout. We can confirm all the prophecies and take our notebook when it was given. It may not happen unless the Lord chooses to bypass his normal way of doing things. There was sacrifice in what they did that day. Let's take the third one. Jesus Christ as king deliberately received the homage of his disciples. He had always said, I'm nothing, I'm nobody, I'm this. Don't you get it? I'm your rabbi. But on that day when they brought the donkey, and look, we are talking about the drama of Palm Sunday. Because the donkey was fresh. If you've ever seen a horse or a donkey, you cannot just sit on it like that. They must have a saddle. This is fresh donkey, colt. It's never been sat on. So nobody had even trained it. There was no bit, there was no bridle, there was no saddle or anything that they would sit on, he would sit on. And the disciples were intelligent enough to know their culture, to know that, ah, no, there must be a saddle. They couldn't go back to the man and ask him for a saddle because the man had not made one for the donkey. So what did they do? What did they use? Hello, help me. What did they use? They used what? Their clothes. The disciples removed their clothes. Put it on it. They say, hey. They didn't say, let me go to Hinsway. Or Hinsway is dead, so I'm not selling anybody's business. Uh, let me go to. <laughs> I'm not saying. Let me go here. Or let me go and find something from my. No. What they had, what they were wearing. Say, go and bring it that we may celebrate. The master is waiting for you. What do you do? What he had. They removed it and put it on it. When they came, he probably saw them. They were not dressed properly. They, ah, where's this man's tunic? Why is he wearing his jacket? Why does he look like this? People will look at you and be wondering, why, why is he dressed like this? But the donkey knew. He has something now. And Jesus knew exactly what they had done. They were willing to give him his place of honor. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks and he sat on them. 
gentle Jesus, meek and mild. No. This is the last week. This is the last drama. And they, if they didn't get it, must get it. I'm not only your savior, I'm the Lord, I'm the king of kings. If you have any doubt about it, today is not the day I'm, not, I'm going to say forget it. No. Today you must do the right thing. Amen. You must get it that I'm your Lord, I'm your savior, I'm your king, I'm your God. And if anybody is going to know, it may cost you your life. And are you willing to pay that price? And they did it voluntarily and gave their all to Jesus. What the Lord we serve. When we shout today, oh, Hosanna, 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 palm trees, palm fronts. I saw a celebration this morning. I said, I wish they understood it. Impact means he did things in such a way that people would never forget. Oh, remember the time David danced and went back home and uh, he danced. Faisal and Co had a name for it. And uh, he danced dignified. And the wife said, why do you dance like this? Can you imagine the disciples' wives and children and people looking at Why are they dressed like this? The king has need of it. What has the king need of? Now, the drama gets more intense. Next one. I'm making only five points. I won't talk plenty. She says, as Bezerah deliberately received the homage of the people. Now the people were about to worship him. Hey. So he finally made the move. Having prepared all of these things, he's now at Circle in front of Calvary. Uh, what's the name of the spot? Popular spot. You know, Accra, Dubai, or Obra Spot. Obra Spot now headed towards Independence Square. People have heard that he has come. Two million. They are around the circle looking for him. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Hey, he's coming. And they see him coming on a donkey. They've had many parades before. They've seen people march into their capital on horses with chariots. And no, no, these are Roman soldiers. We are supposed to join them to celebrate the Roman victory of another colony. But this time, they saw someone coming. They knew who he was. They were shouting because they had heard that Jesus is in town. He slept last night in Bethage. He slept in Lazarus' house. So it's Lazarus coming here. They heard he was coming. And they were all waiting for him. Some didn't know who he was, but they were waiting for him. Suddenly, they heard the word, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And what did they see? The man coming on a donkey. Ah, what type of donkey is this? I mean, what other man will come with a motorcade? He'll come with a limousine. He'll come with uh, the car that can walk on the road. Those of you who are old enough, do you understand? One man went and bought a very long car, limousine, and they asked him, where will you drive it on Ghana roads? He said, yeah, if articulators can walk on the road, my car can also walk on the road. So he brought this limousine that can walk on the road. And people were saying, oh. And before they could say Jack, they said, no. When the kings are coming, when our princes are coming, when the colonial masters are coming, what do we do? We take palm branches and palm fronds and our clothes and put down for them. Our colonial masters, no. Spontaneously, they decided. Let's cut palm branches. Let's put it down. Let's put our clothes there. Can imagine them women shouting. Uh, you see them at their political rallies, shouting, shouting. Now they were at a different rally. Shouting. Jesus walk on it. He rode on it. Ah, 
Why didn't he object? Because he was making history. He was staging a drama that I am the king. You must worship me. You must obey me. Look, he deliberately received the homage of the people. Other gospel said, the Jewish leaders came and said, stop your disciples from this singing. Stop them. This is blasphemy. You know the answer he gave them? If these ones stop praising me, who will praise me? Okay, so I should ask, what will praise me? Okay, thank you for helping me. If these human beings, you stop them from praising me, what is it that will praise me? Stones. Have you ever had stones praising somebody? Oh, sometimes they make you cry. When you trip over them, they will fall. Said so they will open their mouth. But he was intentionally telling them, I am he. I am the one. You have done that to apprentices. You've done that to all kinds of people. They are king, king this, king that. They've all died. Their cemeteries are with you. Or you can go to Rome and see their tombs. But I am the king of kings and the lord of lords. Two things happened on that day. When he deliberately did what he did, he received him one as king. And he didn't deny it. King of hearts, not king of their territory, any geographical boundary. Because the earth is the laws and the fullness thereof. So one little country is too small for him. Is it Ghana? Is it America? Is it United Arab Emirates? Is it those places that you fancy? No, they are small. I was reading some statistics some time ago. He said, the whole world, if they were packed like the way people are packed in New York, the whole world, human beings who are alive now, if you pack them properly, like New York, everybody in this world will fit into Texas. <laughs> and the whole, the whole will be surplus. So he's not even concerned about you. There are stars, there are moons, there are plenty of things. The psalmist thought about this. He said, what is man that you are so mindful of him? What, what, what is it? Gold, that's paving block in heaven. So he received the homage as king because he's the king. Then he received homage from the people as the savior, the messiah, Hosanna. Lord, save us. Lord, save us now. Lord, save us now. And when he said, Lord, save us now, he didn't stop them. No, because he's the only one who can save. In Luke 19.10, when all the prostitutes and all the bad people, so-called bad people, were coming to him, he said, why are all these people coming to you? He said, the son of man came to seek and to save the sinners. That's why I'm in their company. So if they are saying, Lord, save us, they are getting to the point. They haven't arrived there yet. They are getting there. But this drama, they will never and ever forget. By now he had marched almost to the Independence Square. Almost to the Independence Square. So between Obrasport and Independence Square, everybody had heard that the boys in town. JJ, Junior Jesus, or Jesus the King, he's in town. And they had five. They had questions. Got the fifth one. Fifth one, they asked the question. Verses 10 and 11, we just put it. Everybody was asking, who is this man? 
Oh, can you ask yourself that question? Who is this? Or ask your neighbor, who is this man? Now, there were four different groups of people who were there. And I guess each one of them had an answer for who this man is from their point of view. The Romans, the imperial Roman majesty. When they see Jesus, who do you think he was? Troublemaker who is taking over king, the kingship and replaced Caesar. That meant what? Trouble. The Herodians, they work for the system. They are the governors, district chief executive, regional ministers. They work for government, Roman government. If this man is claiming to be king and he becomes king, who will be out of job? They will be. So who is this man? What would they be thinking about? So the first one, Romans, if he's truly being called king and he doesn't object to it and he becomes king, what will happen to us? When us, uh, uh, where they had the coup d'etat this week. What happened to him? He'll be gone. If they are his ministers, what will happen to them? Right. Now, he had not only annoyed the politicians, but he had even annoyed the religious leaders. Because from chapters 23 and 24, all that he said that week was against the religious leaders. He had been bashing them and blasting them and correcting them and shaming them in public. And even when they said, Jesus, can you see what you are doing? You are causing the Romans to come after us. You are causing the Herodians to have something to say. He said, look, if you people ask me to keep quiet, the stones, they are warning you are a Jew. Be careful. So between the Pharisees and the scribes, what do you think? They thought about it. When they say, who is this man? Was he a good man? A bad man? For this three group of people, was he a good man? Oh, answer me, help me. Is he a good man? No. The last one, the people. Ah! If he's coming to save us, what? He should save us. Either he has fed some people before, so we too will be fed. He will be liberated, won't pay tax again. Look, he has healed people free. They won't go to hospital. We too will be free. Abba. For the people, is he a good man or a bad man? But you see, they say in the world, it is not those who think they need something who get it. Those who have the power. So who has the power? The people or the first three? You see why Jesus was killed. The intent of the gospel writers was to show that the death of Jesus was not an accident. And on this Palm Sunday, by dramatizing all the things he had done in the village, you were okay, it was okay to do it at Samankesi. It was okay to do it in Kofrodia. It was okay to come close to Saom and do those things. A brief may be okay. A few times you went to a place like in Koko, it may be okay. But now you are coming to Accra. You hit in Saom. You came to Amasama. You've come to Pokwase. You've reached 37. You go to Obra Sport. And you are doing all of this in the presence of 2 million people at the Independence Square. What happened to you? You will die. And by dying for you and I, he has made a lasting impact on the world. Look, look at what the hymn writer said. And today, he says, once to every man and nation 
comes the moment to decide. In the strife of truth with falsehood for the good or evil side. Give us the words. We'll read it first and then we'll sing it later on. Let's read it together. Once to every man and nation comes the moment to decide in the strife of truth with falsehood for the good or evil side. Some great cause, some great decision offering each the bloom of blight. And the choice goes by forever between that darkness and that light. And you know it. Our theme is the light. We walk in the light. The light would never and ever and ever overcome the darkness. And more than 2,000 years ago, he showed us. Let's sing it together once to every man and nation. I don't want you to go away with the song. I want you to go away with some reflection. So let's look at a few reflection questions. Jesus intentionally staged a drama and he made an impact. Let's look at a few thoughts. Personal reflection. Now you understand that Palm Sunday is not about holding palm fronts and passing through corners and shouting Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna either means he's the king or he's saving you or both. What has the Lord taught you today that you can apply this week? In the five points, how he made an impact. He lived purposefully. He lived intentionally. What has he taught you? And what can he help you with? What have you resolved to do? And how would you do that beginning from today. Number two, what special gift of your time, of your money, of your possession, of effort can you present to Jesus for ministry use? Is it your donkey, your coat, your house, the house of Lazarus, and sisters? Is it your clothing that you put? Is it the palm fronds that they run and put down there? He depended on them. He still depends on us. Is it your witnessing to somebody in an office somewhere? Is it your prayer, your healing ministry somewhere? Where Jesus will show up through you or through me somewhere. That once it is done for one of these poor people in prison, in hospital, it's done for me. And the Lord continues to make an impact on the world through you and I. 
What special gift you present to Jesus? Remember, there's nothing too small that you do for Jesus that is wasted. If you present a cup of cold water to somebody because of Jesus, say, I'll reward you. Reflection question number three. Jesus knew his mission and was bold to declare it regardless of the cost. How about you and I? Do you know your mission? Do you know your purpose? We may not be achieving because we don't know it. Or we may not be achieving because we are not willing to pay the price. Oh, if you must do something to sit on a donkey and you don't have a donkey, can you find it? Can the Lord help you find it? If you must go to Jerusalem and you don't have a house, you don't have a hotel to sleep in, can you sleep in a classroom and get up and go? Are you willing? Or we are saying, ah, for me, I can't. Lord, if you don't bring it, no. The last time I sat in Trotro, my, my clothes got torn. So, Lord, not me. No more. If you don't bring an air-conditioned car, I tell you, Lord, even from here to circle, I will never go. Me? To walk on the streets of Accra and carry a placard and join the men's fellowship to say, Jesus is Lord, women's fellowship. No, forget it. What? I live in an air-conditioned house. I drive an air-conditioned car. I work in an air-conditioned office. Now to come and smell all this thing, even church, I ensure there's an air-conditioned church that I attend. You want me to be on the streets and be sneezing? I have allergies. <laughs> Unless you heal me, Lord, and you guarantee me no discomfort, Lord. Comfortable. Is it your Lord, your Savior? You are the one in charge. Just three questions. I don't want to cause overload for you. When I went through it myself, I had a half night. I only had to stay awake because if I come here, you ask me, why are my eyes so red? I said, I battle with you. I said, Lord, thank you. You are a bold man. You are a brave man. May you help us. Amen. You came for a purpose. And you made us for a purpose. May we be intentional in the things we do. May you empower us with courage, with victory. That our lives will shine wherever we are. Because we allow you to shine through us. This and many more as for your people in Jesus' name. Amen.